Okay, so we're back. Okay, um, okay, so back to Black Lives Matter. They received nearly 83 billion from corporations. 83 billion. Let's get into that story. Unbelievable, right? Unbelievable. The Black Lives Matter movement and related causes received an astonishing $82.9 billion from corporations. A new funding database from the Claremont Institute has found. The Claremont Institute Center of American Way of Life explained the, necessi the necessity of their report in an article published in Newsweek, where the center asserted that the 2020 BLM movement was about more than just rioting and destruction. The center explained that the BLM pressures, campaigns, harassment, and moral blackmail also mounted to possibly the most lucrative shakedown of corporate America in history. As a point of reference, $82.9 is more than the GDP of 46 African countries. In 2022, the Ford Motors Company profits were $23 billion. They also noted that some of the $82.9 billion includes more than $123 million to the Black Lives Matter parent organization directly, as well as much of, to the other organizations supporting BLM's agenda. The list reveals that several popular corporations from a wide range of different industries supplied the movement with large sums of cash. Walmart, for example, which is based on based in Arkansas, gave a whopping $100 million in support of Black Lives Matter and related causes focusing on racial equality. Amazon gave even more, supplying the movement with an astonishing $169.5 million. Meanwhile, the pharmaceutical companies, Abiv, gave the movement over $62 million in funding. Allstate gave $7.7 .7 million to the cause and American Express $50 million. Apple gave $100 million with AT&T gave $21.5 million. The movement and its causes received another $90 million from Nike. United Airlines, JetBlue, and Southwest Airlines and Delta Airlines all gave money to Black Lives Matter and related causes as well. Bank of America, meanwhile, provided $18.25 million to Black Lives Matter related causes, while Wells Fargo divided, diverted $210 million towards Black Lives Matter and related causes. Delonte gave $85 million to Black Lives Matter and related causes. Assessment management giant BlackRock put a shocking $810 million towards Black Lives Matter, Matter and related causes, while other powerful Financial institutions also bankrolled the movement with Capital One finance, Financial giving $10 million, Morgan Stanley giving $30 million, U.S. Bank giving $160 million, Goldman Sachs giving $10.1 million. Meanwhile, the Prudential Financial supplied the movement and its related causes with a sum of $450 million, but it was outdone by MasterCard, which gave $500 million. The database found that Boeing gave $15.6 million. While Northrop Grumman gave $2 million and Rayathon gave $25 million. Walt Disney Company gave $8.8 million to Black Lives Matter related causes, while Pokemon Company gave $200,000. The Claremont Institute Center for the American Way of Life also explained how the funds have been used, remark, remarking that. 
The global network is investing tens of millions of dollars to support future operations, purchasing luxury real estate, engaging in nepotism, dispersing grants to dozens of Black Lives Matter chapters, and revolutionary organizations, and operating a PAC to elect progressive community leaders, activists, and working class candidates fighting for Black liberation. This is a nightmare. This is a nightmare. Progressive, progressive community leaders, just basically uh, bootlickers for the Democratic Party, which is just the other side of the coin when it comes to white supremacy. Okay. Meanwhile, local Black Lives Matter chapters are spending millions on activists and initiatives to defund police departments, defund police departments. Like we need that right now. When banks are falling apart, food shortages, we really need to defund the police. That makes sense. Defund the police. The people that are there put their lives on the line. Yes, you have a lot of um, crooked uh, police officers out there. All right. But banning, you know, defunding the police is the dumbest idea I ever heard. And they literally mean defund the police. Okay. That is just dumb. I don't see any rhyme or reason or logic in defunding the police. All right. It makes no sense to do that. Okay. Because when you do that, um, you're causing problems. Not only are you going to be, you're going to be harming a lot of people when there's no police department there. To, to call on when things go down because when people can't get food okay when they can't buy products they're gonna steal and if you have stuff to steal guess what they're gonna come after you that's how it goes that's exactly how it goes okay and people are not seeing that at all really are not and it's going to be too late and they're going to ask for the police okay that's what's going to happen Meanwhile, the local chapters are spending millions on activists and initiatives to defund the police departments in Black Lives Matter at school, indoctrinating children around the country in critical race theory and queer theory, teaching them to hate themselves, their peers, and their country. Now, here's the thing. I do believe we need critical race theory, but you just cut out the, uh, cut out the um, alphabet agenda, okay? I believe, you know, every student should learn African-American history. You want to put, you only put the parts that you want to put up there for history. African-American history is part of American history, period. Okay? Because you have all different ethnic groups in this country. And all different ethnic groups help build this country. Okay? 
that seems to be something that that's not taken seriously. Okay, what blacks went through in this country. What many ethnic groups went through in this country, okay, to build this country. Cut out the alphabet, hit, uh, cut out the alphabet queer studies, and we are good. That's what needs to happen. But unfortunately, you know, a lot of blacks aren't going to see that Black Lives Matter really isn't about black lives, but profiting off the dead bodies of black people who have been killed by police. Okay, unjustly. All right. They don't see that. Many black Americans do not see that. Okay, that this is a takeover. Okay. Patrice Cullors said she was a and her other two partners in this. They are trained Marxists. That is what they are. Okay. And they're just working on the side of white supremacy. That's what they are. That's what they're doing. Okay. And a lot of black people don't see that. Very few actually do. All right. Unfortunately, with black uh, black Americans in this country, they don't see things when it comes to these political parties unless it's too late, unless they pay in a big price that they really can't recover from. And that's basically it because many blacks donated to Patrice Colors organized Patrice Colors and the Black Lives Matter movement. What happened? She's living high in the hog in a nice, comfy part of a gated community while blacks are still struggling and suffering, still mourning their loved ones. That money was supposed to go to black people who have lost their loved ones to the hands of corrupt um, cops. Okay. And another thing about like hating themselves and hating their country, hating their peers. Okay. Now take out, you know, take that part of like I just said, and you won't have this hate. Now, what I don't agree with is hating um, white people who had nothing to do with slavery, had nothing to do with redlining, had nothing to do with that. Okay. You want to fight racism, but you want to be still have the right to be racist yourselves. And then you would have these idiots say, well, blacks can't be racist. We don't have the power to be racist. You have whites who will live in poor conditions and they are still racist. Hell, you got Ukrainians living in really bad, terrible conditions right now and they will still call a black person the N-word. In Ukraine right now. Left-wing nonprofits are affecting wholesale societal change to radical for normal legislative avenues constituting a form of shadow governance. He went on to note, the agenda has also seeped into the financial industry's loan operations. The center explains pointing that out that banks are issuing billions of dollars in subprime loans to help end systemic racism, all while corporations are funding leftist bail funds that release ri violent rioters and criminals onto our streets, onto our streets, sorry, and collaborating to create radicalized anti-meteorocratic hiring schemes. The shakedown may be viewed as a form of reparations made to self-declared enemies of the American nation and way of life. What I see this is happening is they're trying to breed racism. As we all know in the Democratic Party, they want blacks to be looked upon as help, weak, and victims, to be in a perpetual state of victimhood. 
that's what we know about the Democratic Party. All right. That's what they want. They want you to be a victim. All right. That's what they that's what they always wanted you to be. And you have to understand that, that that's the end game, all right? And their end game is to breed racism. Okay. They don't want the, the Black Lives Matter move does not want a genuine sit-down talk about racism, what has happened in this country, um, to have absolute to have real concrete solutions they don't want that they want to keep the they want to keep the division going okay by making these stupid schemes <clears throat> all right that is just going to not only hurt black victims of police brutality but also hurt um actually having an end to this racial divide. They don't care about harmony. They don't care about ending racism. Okay, they're just doing what the masses, the master tell them what to do. That's why I say Democrat, Republican, it's just two plantations. That's it, that's all it is for black people, it's just two plantations. You're given a job, this is what you're supposed to do. All right. And you do it to the best of your ability. That's it. I mean, look at the fact when um Patrice Cullors wanted to try and get reparations on the table after the after Joe Biden won the election as uh for president. Okay. He basically told her, you know, we don't need you anymore. Go back to doing whatever you want, but we're not talking about reparations. I mean, you're supposed to be having that on the table before and in writing a contract before the person that you are supporting gets into power, okay? That's how it is. It's not about, it's sad, but that, that is how it is with American Blacks in this country. They're looking for a way to get ahead for themselves, okay? Not for their people, but for themselves. You see every other ethnic group trying to get there for their people trying to get a foothold into power for their people now unfortunately um these same people will screw themselves over like you see in la la city council i think her name was nelly martinez and she ended up being a racist and ended up taking the money as well as the other fellow hispanics and pocketing it stealing seats and pocketing it for their own community and leaving blacks out in the cold. But unfortunately, many American blacks don't want to do the work and get credible politicians, unfortunately, that, that's an oxymoron, a credible politician, to actually look out for black people, okay? It's extremely hard on the right to have that, and it's extremely, definitely hard on the left. Because both sides are for money money and money alone and that's sad to say but that's that's just how it is 
all right and it's going to get worse because this stuff right here is breeding racism it really is because what black lives matter does just like with uh these uh maga maniacs okay it breeds the most ignorant most self-entitled part of a ethnic group the dregs of society the dregs within the black the uh the black community the ones that really don't want to work they want an excuse to say they're a victim they aim at that all right the white man is the devil all whites are the devil okay and you give them something to run with and they go with it just like when you got these these ignorant uh maga maniacs in uh the trump the trump camp all right they don't really care about actual the country actually getting better and better race relations they just want trump in there and you know and they're accepted you know whether they're neo-nazis whether they're for the alphabet community hey there's even alphabets for trump and trump was holding a slogan like that okay that shows you about trump he doesn't care about anybody but himself as long as it good any type of person vote for me is good that's it you don't you know, care if they're a nazi white supremacist they're good for them. They, as long as they support him he feels good about it same thing with black lives matter yeah riot do whatever you want burn loot murder it's okay as long as you're black it's all right no type of morals no type of backbone no type of scruples yeah most of the time when they're riding and destroying a place it's their own community they're destroying you know sad all right let's go on to the banks now wild 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 it's wild out here We're gonna see what Mr. What's this guy's name again? Sorry, sorry, real quick, 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 quick. His name is Mr. Godfrey Bloom, speaking to the EU Parliament in 2013. And this is what he has to say about the banks. And basically, we're going to be some serious trouble. That's basically what he wants to say. Uh, well, uh, Krishna, um, Mr. President, uh, I rise again, I'm afraid, to make the same old hoary speech that I've been making here for several years, and that is, it is my opinion that you do not really understand the concept of banking. All the banks are broke. Uh, Bank Santander, Deutsche Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, they're all broke. And why are they broke? It isn't an act of God. It isn't some sort of tsunami. They're broke because we have a system called fractional reserve banking, which means that banks can lend money that they don't actually have. It's a criminal scandal, and it's been going on for too long. To add to that problem, 
you have moral hazard, a very significant moral hazard from the political sphere. And most of the problem starts in politics and central banks, which are part of the same political system. We have counterfeiting, sometimes called quantitative easing, but counterfeiting by any other name. The artificial printing of money, which if any ordinary person did, they'd go to prison for a very long time. And yet governments and central banks do it all the time. Central banks repress the amount of interest that rate, rates are, so we don't have the real cost of money. And yet we blame the real retail banks for manipulating LIBOR. The sheer effrontery of this is quite astonishing. It's central banks. It's central banks that manipulate interest rates, Commissioner. And plus, underneath all this, we talk loosely, in a rather cavalier fashion, do we not, about deposit guarantees. So when banks go broke through their own incompetence and chicanery, the taxpayer picks up the tab. It's theft from the taxpayer. And until we start sending bankers, and I include central bankers and politicians, to prison for this outrage, it will continue. Pretty much, pretty much, pretty much. And that's the same thing happening in the U.S. right now. The banks don't have no money, so <clears throat> who, how are they going to pick up the tab? They're going to make the taxpayer take it up. They're going to take the taxpayer's money. That's what they're going to do. All right? That's exactly what they're going to do. It's really getting bad, man. And a lot of people... A lot of people are prepared. You can be prepared, but you know, I don't know, man. I don't know. Former EU Parliament member Godfrey Bloom, who calls banking system a scam, bought his first Bitcoin. I do not understand Bitcoin for the life of me. All right. <clears throat> Godfrey Bloom now owns Bitcoin. Godfrey Bloom is a British politician who served as a member of European Parliament. MEP for Yorkshire and the Umber from 2004 to 2014. He was elected for the UK Independence Party, but later served as an independent. Bloom has also published six books on military history and the Austrian School of Economics. The former MEP is well known for his unconventional views, including calling the state an institution of theft and saying that the debt crisis was created by politicians and central bankers even said that the whole banking system is a scam as is global warming. He has been referred to by some as the British Ron Paul. Yeah, Ron Paul, don't get that. Mm, Ron Paul, Ron Paul. Bloom revealed in a tweet on Thursday that he has bought his first Bitcoin. I make my first purchase of Bitcoin this week, gold and silver. I ha have I plenty? He wrote in response to a tweet that says, if you ask People, if they prefer 800 or 800 Bitcoin, a lot of them would pick the dollars. We're still early. Okay. At press time, Bloom has received 250 comments for his Bitcoin buy tweet, which has been linked, has been liked 2.74 thousand times and retweeted 473 times with an overwhelming 
number of responses from crypto community. The 70-year-old former MEP followed up with another tweet on Friday. I have had a very significant response to my Bitcoin tweet. So an update, I am revising Bitcoin over the weekend to know enough to understand what I don't know. It is my goal to share my experience with fellow oldies, oldies keen to diversify out of fiat currencies. All right. All right, we saw the video. This week was not the first time Bloom talked about Bitcoin. I am not an anti-Bitcoin, just an old geezer, more comfortable with gold, who responded to a tweet urging him to try to get into Bitcoin in May. Bloom has long been a gold investor. I have been buying gold since gold, Gordon Brown was selling it around $250 per ounce in the 90s. I've accumulated it and stored it in a London safety deposit box. Every now and then I sell it a bit for 100 um, 1550 per ounce. He shared in September last year. Since Bloom previously insisted that he was not comfortable with Bitcoin, some people assumed that he changed his mind this week when he started purchasing BTC for the first time. However, the British politician clarified that he bought the cryptocurrency to diversify his investments. Don't mistake portfolio diversification with changing my mind about anything, he affirmed. Furthermore, he indicated in response to another tweet that he will not ignore Ethereum and decentralized finance DeFi in his research. Mm. Yep, well, the thing is, it's like it's been said that, you know, people should invest in buying um, gold. But the thing is with this, you know, Bitcoin and stuff, uh, yeah, the government is going to come after it. That's how I see it. I mean, they're, they're too much. They have too much power. I know I sound negative, but I mean, it's gotten to a point where what, what are you going to do? And people really aren't paying attention. I mean, most people don't even know about, you know, the banks falling apart. Most people are just living their lives, okay? Most people don't spend that much time on social media. Not many. Not many people. All right, let's hear what's going on here. Okay. This bank, you now do not know. I mean, look, the odds are I... bet people will be able to get most, almost all of their deposits out. I don't think the FDIC is looking to inflict harm on depositors, and that would also cause a, you know, further panic about other banks next week. But, the, but this bank had something like 90% of its deposits are uninsured. So there are people who are at risk of losing their deposits, uh, at least on paper. So um, SVB, biggest lender to the Silicon Valley companies, the techies have had a very bad run right. in the last year, maybe two years. Uh, you're saying there's also, not to be too detailed, but it's important, 
that there's a mismatch between the cost of their liabilities and the return on their assets. Sure. That, what, what, I mean, one of the problems was when money was so freely available to all these startups, they yep. didn't borrow a lot. So they had a ton of deposits coming in and not a lot of opportunity to make loans out to people. I mean, yeah, you can lend money so people can buy a yacht or, you know, a fancy mortgage on, a, you know, on some tech startup billionaire's, you know, fancy mansion. But they really had way too much money, so they invested it in bonds. And, in, in, you know, in, like, Bank of America, I think, has 25% of its oh. assets are in bonds. But this bank had over 50% of its assets in bonds. And now the curve is inverted. Right. And so they're right? losing money. So the cost the, of right? money and the repo rate and the Fed Absolutely. funds rate is uh, it's 10 for 5. We'll call it 5%. It's 4 and 3 quarters. And the 10 years back under 4 Oh, yeah, so they're, they're, there's a negative return. They're inverting. Right. They're, they're losing money. And at the same time, all these startups who are depositing so much money there are now withdrawing it in order to make... Because they, they don't have access to free money anymore. Mm -hmm. So they're withdrawing it just to pay their bills. So you're having the withdraw... You're having the... Deposits go down. They're, they have to sell into a market where they are actually producing real losses, not just mark-to-market losses. Yep. And that is what sparked the panic, basically. People said, look, earlier this week, they announced something like a $2 billion loss on, on their assets. Mm -hmm. And people said, I, I better get my money out quickly, especially because these businesses... If you're a business you, and you have a deposit with Silicon Valley Bank, you don't want to risk not being able to get that on Monday morning. Sure. So you so, pulled it out today. Yeah, the FDIC stepped in avoid an old-fashioned run on the bank. Absolutely. Now, uh, what's the risk that this spreads? I think there's a high risk that it spreads. These things do not end when, you know, people are right now looking at every other bank that, you know, not the big banks, the, you know, the J.P. Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo's, they'll be fine. Which fact, are pretty well capitalized. Yes, they're right. extremely well capitalized. But the, the regionals? The banking system is extremely well capitalized. Uh, and so I don't think we're in the, on the verge of a financial crisis, but I do think... We're, going, we're on a financial crisis. That, nope, nope, no. This is bad. Okay. What, three, two banks in one week? Yeah, this is bad. We'll probably have a couple more bank failures ahead of us. Uh, East Coast, West Coast, any sense of that? It, it, real I'm, estate related or yeah, just well, technology so commercial related? Real estate is, is in yeah. a lot of trouble. I mean, you think about all these, uh, these loans into office buildings that now can't, are not paying their rent because they're, you know, they're half full. Uh, so I think that there is going to be losses I think we're going to see a lot of the California-based uh, financial institutions oh, get boy. into trouble because they were so dependent on this, you know, very cheap money ecosystem that was feeding startup culture and is no longer there. What happens to the startup culture now? They'll, there's no cheap money or That's there's right. no cheap, cheap money, maybe historically cheap, but doesn't matter. They're going to have trouble getting loans. Right? Absolutely. They have trouble getting loans and have trouble raising money because if you can get 5% on a treasury bond, mm -hmm. why are you trying to get 10% on a, you know, very risky startup? You're not going to do that. You might as well just double down on leverage to get a treasury. Uh, so I think that they're going to have a lot of trouble being able to continue to raise money. And we're going to see a lot of the startups, you know, start to tilt over. Tilt over, layoffs are going to come. A lot of people are not ready for this. Like I said, a lot of people believe mainstream media. Okay. A lot of people, uh, they're very busy in their day. So they're not on YouTube looking this up. They're not on, you know, Yes, this is mainstream media right here. You have one person telling the truth, okay? One. Very few are. 
Okay, and this is hap not just happening here. This is happening overseas as well because in Lebanon, okay, a bank closed and they said, you know, we'll give you money tomorrow. Next thing you know, the bank says, we don't have your money. People went crazy. People tried to rob the bank to try to get their money. People who were millionaires have nothing. Okay. And this this is not this is not gonna get better. It's gonna get worse, and this is how it's gonna go into the new world order. Okay. And this is bad. Okay, Silicon Valley Bank collapsed. Bank fallout shines bank fallout shines spotlight on 620 billion hole in the sector. Okay. Billion. Fallout from the Silicon Valley Bank collapse has directed attention to a 620 billion ticking time bomb in the banking system that has been potential to spell doom for the financial system. Silicon Valley Bank meltdown was partly caused by a chasm between its assets and what they were worth in the market. Eventually, Silicon Valley Bank sold some of those assets, spooking investors and triggering a run for, on the bank. But Silicon Valley Bank isn't alone as banks across the United States were sitting on a $620 billion in unrealized potential losses, unrealized potential losses at the end of last year, per the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. The whole illustrates why authorities at the Federal Reserve, the Treasury Department, and FDC, F the FDIC were also eager to stay to stave off contagion or panic spread from SVB's demise across the banking sector. The reason for this predicament is that banks compiled a plethora of bonds and treasures during times when interest rates were hovering near zero, but now the Federal Reserve has been jacking up prices in an effort to combat inflation, which has caused many of those assets to plunge in value. This is because the higher interest rates mean that new bonds accrue higher rates of returns for investors. As a result, older bonds have comparatively lower rates of return, rendering them less desirable for, in for investors and therefore triggering a plunge in the value of old assets. As consequence of the 620 billion unrealized potential loss phenomena is that banks may quickly find themselves with less cash on hand than their books might have suggested. Taking note of the liquidity needs of banks, the Federal Reserve announced plans to offer banks a facility to help them meet depository withdrawal Sunday. The government has also moved to backstop depositors at Silicon Valley Bank in hope of curtailing panic from its demise from ripping across the industry. Wow. Tweet from Kim.com, 620 billion of unrealized losses, overall equity of 2.2 trillion. If a run on the banks would happen, it could have be fatal even for several large banks like JP Morgan and Citibank. This crisis isn't over. The US Treasury simply bought some time. 
The FDIC guarantees deposits up to 250000 but many Silicon Valley bank deposits eclipse that threshold. The government announced plans on Sunday to back those deposits of over 250000 as well. Silicon Valley Bank caused panic among investors last week when it realized that it sold treasures, treasuries at, at a loss, inciting a run on the bank. On Thursday, customers withdrew $42 billion in a single day. For comparison, Washington Mutual lost $16 billion over 10 days during the financial crisis of 2008, according to Senator Mark Warner, Democrat of Virginia. The bank was the 16th largest, largest federal insecured, insured bank and was taken over by by regulators Friday after announcing it needed to raise over 2.2 billion to stay solvent. Wow. This this is uh whew, This is bad, man. All right. And it's um <laughs> uh, like they were saying, you know, try to take out as much as you can because let's be honest here. Let's be extremely honest here, all right? You um one second, one second, I'm sorry. Something something's going on here. Talking. Sorry, sorry. Okay, take this out. Okay, we good. All right. <clears throat> but here's something that uh, a lot of people may not be looking at right now, right? Let's take out of it. Let's take a look at this. And like I said, this woke culture stuff is really, really going to breed uh, a lot of distrust and it's going to breed racism because a lot of these woke politics, these diverse, diversity hires, I don't have a problem. You know, I'm black, but please hire somebody, okay, that is qualified for the job. That's what I'm about. Hire somebody that is qualified for the job. Don't hire somebody for the for the uh, for their skin color. Hire somebody that actually knows what they're doing. They are qualified. Would you want a doctor if you're black? Would you want a doctor operating on you not because he went through the clinical trials, not because he did his residency, but because for the simple fact he just put a lab coat and put some scalpel in his hands and say because you're a black person you could have this job. Would you want that person operating on you as a black person? Would you want that person delivering your 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 uh your baby from your girlfriend or wife? Would you want that? The answer is obviously if you have a brain is no. Okay? Like I said, the left and the right don't give a damn about people and especially they don't give a damn about black people. All right? They seriously don't. into this all right one second here we are woke cult strikes again senior 
Silicon Valley Bank risk manager oversaw woke alphabet programs at now failed bank. Silicon Valley Bank was in the throes of full-scale collapse by Jay Azerspath, a self-described queer person of color from a working class background function as the bank, as the company's head of risk management for Europe, Africa, and the Middle East. The reason why this is important is that Azerspath spent much of her time creating and promoting various alphabet programs rather than doing her job on behalf of the Silicon Valley Bank clients. One such program that Ezra co-chaired was the was called the European LGBTQIA plus really employee resource group. When Ezra was supposed to have been managing risk associated with Silicon Valley Bank's European, African, and Middle Eastern portfolios, she was instead organizing a monologue pride campaign for herself and her fellow LGBTQIAs. In the biography on a professional network site, Esra proudly writes that she was also instrumental in the initiating the Silicon Valley Bank's first ever global safe space cat <sighs> safe space catch up. The purpose of this safe space catch up was to support non-heterosexual Silicon Valley Bank employees in sharing their experiences in coming out as something other other than straight. This is what I'm saying. Black, she's, she's alphabet, okay? When you start doing this, hiring people solely on the color of their skin and not for the fact that they could they can do the job, okay? You're going to cause a lot of, and people have lost money, you're definitely going to breed racism. All right? There is a reason why. When alphabet people are persecuted, they try to you they try to smack it together with black people being persecuted. They are really they're trying, they've been doing this since the civil rights movement. Okay. They hijacked it. Okay. I mean, the civil rights movement was a failure, in my opinion, but that's a discussion for another day. All right. Now, moving on. Uh, they do this, okay, to drag blacks down. All right. And one is persecuted for the color of the skin. The other is persecuted for the fact of their preference. And they try to, they, they will use anything, okay, to cling on to, to try to push their agenda, even if, they're going to go burning. You're going to go burning, too. And once again, a lot of black Americans don't get it. They don't see this. They do not see this until it's too late. And when you try to tell them this stuff, they ask these dumb questions. Well, what what does this lifestyle have to do affect your life? Look at it happening in real time. Okay? They want to push people in these important types of jobs that requires you to know what you're doing and they mess it up. And the fact that you are person of color, your alphabet makes it worse. And I guarantee you, once people found out in the privacy of their own homes, they were saying those racial slurs 
Okay. This is utter nonsense. Safe space catch up, fire her on the spot. The purpose of this space, safe space catch up, was to support non heterosexual Silicon Valley employees in sharing their experiences and coming out some, as something other than straight. If Erisasa's job history on LinkedIn includes worked at City, Citibank, Barclays, and Dilialti, three more popular banks than Silicon Valley Bank that are similarly engaged in woke activities like the kinds SFL was proudly overseeing while at Silicon Valley Bank. These also include writing articles for the bank promoting Silicon, um, promoting Lesbian Visibility Day. Are you serious? And Trans Awareness Week. I feel privileged to help spread awareness of live queer experiences, partner with charitable organizations, and above all, create a sense of community for our LGBTQ plus employees and allies. Ersas wrote in Silicon Valley Bank materials. On January 2022, DEE, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion brochure put out by S Silicon Valley Bank at the prompting of Estras explained that now defunct bank was focused on increasingly representation and funding for women, Black and Latin. You see what's going on here. Black and Latinx founders, investors, and professionals in the innovation economy. Commenting on the extreme wokeness of Silicon Valley Bank and likely many other such banks, Home Depot co-founder Bernie Marcus told Fox Business News that the DEI has had a profoundly destructive influence on not just multinational corporations, but also domestic banking entities that are supposed to be protecting their customers. I think that the system and the administration has pushed many of these banks into being more concerned about global warming than they do about shareholder return. Marcus said, and these banks are badly run because everybody's focused on diversity and all of these woke issues are not concentrating on the one thing they should, which is shareholder returns. Okay. I feel bad for all these people that lost their money in this woke bank. You know, it was more distressing to hear that the bank officials sold off their stock before this happened. It is depressing to me. Who knows whether the justice department would go after them. They're a woke company. So I guess not. And they'll probably get away with it. Ersafa, just to drive the point home even further, actually wrote in multiple Silicon Valley Bank DEI brochures that it is not possible for LGBTQIAs to actually be LGBTQIAs unless they're loud and proud about it in the workplace. The phrase, you can't beat what you can't see, resonates with me. Ersafa explained. Signature Bank, another DEI in promoting banks institution, also collapsed over the weekend. And many expect that more woke embracing banks and businesses will more than likely collapse in the coming days and weeks as the chickens come home to roost due to their gross mismanagement. Yeah, yeah, man. This this is this is destroying the banking system and you're breeding racism. Who wants to hire black people if this is, you know, if they have to risk having somebody who's woke? Hmm? Who wants to hire black people if they take the risk of them being woke? Not many people. Not many. Okay. 
And you can't go to Repu you can't be like, oh well, I'll I'll vote Republican. No, you can't. You know why? Because they'll just say, well, you know, we always wanted to, we're trying to bring back Jim Crow in Mississippi, and we got other states that are doing the same thing. Hey, let's go uh, try to get these banks on board, you know, and only hire hire white people and only white people to bank. Hmm? That's what's gonna happen. All right. That is exactly what's going to happen. It's unfortunate, but this is this is a way that the left is working to bring back white supremacy in your face, not just in small little pockets, but in your face. They want to bring back segregation and they're they're working on it, pulling stunts like this. That's exactly what's going on. And it's uh, it's messed up. But you have a lot of blacks that are for this. Okay. Never again. If a black person ever asks me, well, how does the LGBTQ affect your life? How does, you know, how do two, two people... Who really love each other affect your life. Let me tell you this. You choose to do what you want to do. But when you start trying to go after, you know, sectors that affect uh, the economy as a whole, I have a problem with it. When you try to pull stunts like this and actually mess up black people who don't want to talk about crotch politics on the job, they just want to do their job. I have a problem with it because now you're bringing back segregation. You are going to be strengthening the cause to bring back Jim Crow. That's my issue. That is my dog in this fight. Okay. So, uh, Let's go into this other story I wanted to talk about right here. All right. Let's talk about this. Uh, it's right here about the Federal Reserve now. Let's talk about them. Uh, things are going on right now. It's insane. They say the Federal Reserve is federal as is Federal Express. Let's get into it. Federal Reserve to print another two trillion in fake fiat money, fake fiat funny money to bail out financial terrorists, further devaluing the dollar. Yeah, man. Side note, I just want to know. Uh What's going to happen to all the, nah, yeah, I want to know. I want to know what's going to happen to all these uh, passport bros. I want to know what's, what are you guys going to do when the U.S. dollar is no longer valuable? I did. I just have them in the back of my mind. I have them in the back of my mind. I mean, people will think, is that a current event issue? Well, yeah, in a way, because um, a lot of people are turning up deleted, okay? 
trying to uh, go over there for uh, other things and ends up being in the news. All right, let's get to it. To save the criminal bankers, the private Federal Reserve expected to inject another $2 trillion in the United States banking system, which is certain to trigger hyperinflation. Strategists at J.P. Morgan Chase, one of America's kingpin banks, have been discussing what the Fed's new emergency lending program will entail now that Silicon Valley Bank and numerous other lenders have gone under. Called the Bank Term Funding Program, this emergency mechanism is designed to sweep under the rug all financial corruption that got us into this mess in the first place, punishing the common man with even higher inflation and a lower standard of living. The uses of Fed Bank's term funding program is likely to be big. J.P. Morgan strategist wrote in a client note on Wednesday, the reason why these J.P. Morgan analysts are throwing out the $2 trillion figure is because that this is the maximum usage amount that was established, at least until the powers that be and decided to decided up to even more like they do to the debt ceiling every time it is reached. Currently, the U.S. banking system as a whole is said to hold reserves of around $3 trillion, most of which is held by the largest banks. Seller banks, many of them even worse shape than the big guys, are the likeliest candidates to take advantage of the bank term funding program. Silicon Valley Bank was considered a mid-sized bank, as we're were the other banks we were told about the that collapse around the same time Silicon Valley Bank took a $1.8 billion loss on a forced 21 billion bond liquidation, which prompted the now failed bank to ask 2.25 billion in new capital to fill the gap. As this was all taking place, depositors rushed to withdraw their money, which is now which we now no preceded the total collapse of the Silicon Valley Bank. Without emerging new cash from the Fed, many other banks will and likely already would have followed suit. Unrealized losses on securities have meaningfully reduced the reported equity capital of the banking industry, said Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, Chair Martin Greenberg, who further warned that U.S. banks are collectively sitting on an unrealized losses on their bonds holding of around 620 billion unrealized losses of this magnitude weaken the ability of all affected banks to meet their liquidity needs liquidity needs because let much because less cash is generated when the sales occurs typically because the amount of regulatory capital falls below the required thresholds despite all of this grunberg wants everyone to still believe that america's banks are generally in a strong financial condition <laughs> and have not been forced to realize the losses by selling depreciated securities. At some point, though, these banks are going to have to realize those losses, or at least they should have to realize those losses. The Fed continues to inject emergency liquidity into their balance sheets. These banks will artificially survive for a little while longer, while Americans are forced to pick up the tab. The Fed's new funding facility gives banks an additional security blanket because it allows them to borrow from the Fed for a one-year period using the, their securities as a collateral at per value, not at market rates, reported Tom Osimik, writer for the Epoch Times. As long as the private Federal Reserve and other central banks are allowed to indiscriminately and with restraint print an endless supply of money, the unscrupulous slavery of the common man will never end. Wow. <laughs> 
Yeah. Talk about slavery. Talk about slavery. Insane, man. Insane. All right. So enough about that. Let's talk about this uh, missile that Putin has ready to go. Let's talk about that. Okay. There we go. Okay, Poseidon missile. Yep, here we are. Okay. It was a Poseidon underwater missile to White Britain off the map. With a 1,000 feet high radioactive tsunami, if NATO troops put boots on the ground in Ukraine, Putin's propagandists claim. Russian state media has urged Vladimir Putin to use his underwater nuclear missile to wipe Britain off the map. With a 1,000 feet high radioactive tsunami, if NATO troops put boots on the ground in Ukraine. The warnings were made as Putin's propagandists discussed Russia's military options after its failure to make meaningful headway in Ukraine. Vyshinsky also claimed on Russian state TV channel Russia 1 that the unstoppable 6,670 miles per hour hypersonic missile Zirkin was about to be used in combat operations after testing. Of course, there are such means as Poseidon, which has been tested, Bishinsky said. A smirking Solovyov responded, I would like to see how Poseidon works. I would like to see Sarmat in action. Tsunami, tsunami, yes, tsunami replied pro-war Bishinsky. If NATO sends troops, it will end up with us using Poseidon, of course, and a tsunami. And 300 meter 985 feet high waves, Solovyov interjected, Great Britain will not exist then. Bishinsky, 72, agreed and insisted, Britain will definitely not exist. RT propaganda empire chief Margarita Simonian added, the UK will not be there. It would be drowned straight away, she said. The propagandist's remarks follow a pattern that has developed on Russian state media. Since the Ukraine war began of threatening Britain with nuclear holocaust, the threats are believed to be the result of the UK's staunch support for Ukraine, which became the first NATO country to announce it would send 14 next-generation battle tanks to the war-torn country in the form of Challenger 2 tanks. Bishinsky was angry that Putin's missile bombardment of Ukraine had not gone far enough. Of course, six missiles cannot make the tipping point, he said. There should better be 60 missiles, or even better 600. Putin sees the Poseidon as a key to his ultimate military supremacy over the West, it has been reported. Another propagandist, Dmitry Kiselyov, has previously threatened that the Poseidon approaches the target at a one-kilometer depth, with the speed of 200 kilometers per hour, 125 miles per hour. There is no way to stop this underwater drone, he said on state TV last year. It has a warhead with a capacity of up to 100 megatons. The explosion of this thermonuclear torpedo close to Britain's shores will raise a giant wave, a tsunami. He said, this tidal wave is also a carrier of extremely high doses of radiation. Surging over Britain, it will turn what is probably left of them into radioactive desert permanently unusable for anything. It comes as Russia continues to suffer heavy losses on the front lines, which has forced Putin to desperately empty Russian museums of 
obsolete tanks to repurpose them for his flailing war effort. Footage shows aging Soviet-era T-62s being modernized in a round-the-clock factory in Cheetah, Siberia. The drive to retrofit the decades-old tanks highlights the desperation of Putin's military machine. While Ukraine is being supplied with the most modern Western tanks, on the battlefront, Ukrainian soldiers said on Monday they were repelling attacks near Kremina, north of Bakhmut. In a forest some five miles from the front, cannons boomed and explosions rumbled constantly in the distance. Two or three weeks ago the fighting was at its peak, but it has calmed down a bit, said Mikhailo Anist, a 35-year-old medic. There is a lot of artillery and mortar fire. Trench warfare, described by both sides as a meat grinder, has claimed a huge toll in Bakhmut, in Donetsk, with both sides reporting hundreds of enemy troops had been killed. Russia launched five missile attacks, 35 airstrikes and 76 attacks, with heavy rocket salvo systems over the past day, including on civilian infrastructure in the Sunni and Donetsk regions. Ukraine's military said early on Wednesday, Ukrainian forces repelled attacks on seven settlements in the Bakhmut front, it added, Russia says taking Bakhmut would open a path to capture all of Donetsk, a central war aim. Ukraine, which has decided to defend Bakhmut rather than withdraw, says wearing out Russia's military now will help its counteroffensive later. But not every military analyst is convinced that defending Bakhmut is the best strategy for Ukraine. Ukraine was suffering losses among reserves it intended to use for a later push against Russian forces. Ukrainian military analyst Olizhdanov said in an interview, we could lose here everything we wanted to use for those count. Yeah, uh, sorry. No matter what, you know, popular, you know, TV channels want to say about Ukraine, uh, they're not winning. I don't know what to say, man. You just, you're, you're not winning. It's, 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 it's just not happening, okay? That's, that's not possible. I'm sorry. It's, you know, people have been pushing this lie. I don't know how long, but, you know, it, it's not, it's not going to happen. Okay. And the fact that the U.S. government wants to fight Russia and Russia has all these toys that they could waste us with. And we're not the problem here. I mean, the American people. It's the, it's the government. All right? It's the government. And they are the ones that are one trying to pick a fight with Russia. Okay? The thing is, you know, we could, to solve our own problems, the homelessness, is we start having things American-made. That's it. Have things American-made. You know, have cars, more cars American-made, more cell, phone, cell phones American-made, TVs American-made, microwaves American-made. Do an inventory check of your house. Name one cell phone that was made in America. Okay? One cell phone. TVs. Okay? Most everything in America is from a foreign country. Cell phones, definitely. All right? 
we to pick a fight with China, China owns most of the land here. All they have to do is just shut that stuff down. Take it away. Some form of fashion. Okay. That's all they have to do. That's it. But, you know, America is taking most of the jobs and pushed them overseas. Like I said, this is all by design to get us into the new world order. Because nobody in their right mind, a leader in their right mind, would allow these, these things to happen over the years. They wouldn't do that. They're like, no, we need these companies here because they feed my people without outsourcing anything. It's crazy, man. Absolutely insane. Uh, people are going to do some ugly things in this country. That's what's going to happen. People are going to do some ugly things once things get really bad. Especially in these, where I live in New York, these five boroughs, people are going to do some really ugly things to survive. And the fact that you have these Ukrainian refugees over here, okay, okay, they're gonna. So I'm, I'm people are thinking that you're mean to them. I'm not. But what you have to understand is that this is a country, you're talking about a country that was heavily steeped into Nazism, believing the Nazis, out of Hitler's ideology is right, okay? And they come at you looking like, vic like victims, okay? Yet when Vladimir Zelensky was giving his 2023 speech, okay, for the new year, you see pictures of people, families, around the dinner table doing the Nazi salute. Okay. It's turning into World War, it's turning into the 1940s all over again. That's what it's turning into. And blacks are going to get the bottom of the stick. And you got a lot of racists just loving it, licking their chops, because they're soon going to be able to do to hunt blacks down and do whatever they want with them without impunity. That's what's going to happen. And this war is letting it be. It's going to give a lot of doors are opening. A lot of people don't understand that. A lot of doors are opening to do evil. Okay, these banks closing. All right, people can't get their money. Yeah, yeah. They're going to find ways to survive. It's going to be ugly. Russia will use Poseidon underwater missile to wipe Britain off the map with a thousand feet high radioactive tsunami if NATO troops put boots on the ground in Ukraine. 
Putin's propagandist claim. Laughable, laughable. Russian state media has urged Vladimir Putin to use high water nuclear missile to wipe Britain off the map with a thousand feet high radioactive tsunami if NATO troops put boots on the ground. Retired Russian General Igor Bishinsky called for the attacks on Britain with a Poseidon underwater missile that he said would trigger a thousand feet radioactive tidal wave. Lieutenant Bushinsky, chairman of the Russian Okay. All right, here we are with Israel now. Explains their reluctance to arm Ukraine. Let's get into that right now. The nation has found itself in a complex situation as it has agreement with Russia over Syria. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has said, Israel is not supplying Ukraine with weapons because it is found it is bound by certain agreements with Russia over neighboring Syria, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu said on Thursday. Speaking at a joint press conference with German Chancellor Olaf Scholz in Berlin, Netanyahu was asked whether Israel would continue to refrain from sending arms to Kiev. The Prime Minister admitted that when it comes to this issue, Israel has found itself in a complex situation. Israeli pilots and Russian pilots are flying within spitting distance of each other over the skies of Syria. He said, adding that several years ago, he had decided to stop Iran 
Israel's arch enemy from creating a third front against Jew the Jewish state on its northern border. Israel has repeatedly warned Syria against sheltering Hezbollah militia members, an organization it has designated as terrorists and deemed to be linked to Iran. Syrian officials have on numerous occasions accused Israel of conducting deadly strikes on the nation's territory. To prevent that, their third front, we use air power. To do that, we had an arrangement struck with the Russian government and with the Russian Air Force and the Russian Army in Syria that we do not shoot down each other's planes, he noted, adding that no other European country supporting Ukraine had similar circumstance in its relations with Moscow. We have that issue. I openly say it here. In other words, we have complex considerations, but within those limitations, we are trying to offer humanitarian defensive assistance to Ukraine, Netanyahu said. This is weird. Why are you defending Nazis? Why are you helping Nazis? Well, Zelensky is Jewish. Jews also fought on the Third Reich in the Second World War to try to get there, try to uh, escape the camps, try to help fellow Jews to escape the camps, you know. But at the same time, you know, what was really weird about it was the fact that, you know, That's a story for another day. I'm not going to bring that up. <clears throat> but continuing on, the prime minister noted that Israel is helping Ukraine with cutting-edge early warning systems. He claimed that the equipment pinpoints the locations targeted by the Russian strikes, allowing the areas where civilians are urged to seek shelter to be narrowed down. After Russia started its military operation against Ukraine in February 2022, Israel condemned its actions, but never joined the Western sanctions against Moscow and has been reluctant to supply Kiev weapons. It has also rebuffed Ukraine's request for its Iron Dome air defense, arguing it does not have a large enough production base to meet Kiev's needs. However, on Wednesday, Axios reported, citing sources, that Israel has approved export licenses for the, for the possible sale of jamming anti-drone systems to Kiev. However, Israel officials told the outlet that the move does not mark a shift in the nation's policies over the conflict because the equipment is defensive in nature and jams UAV signals rather than targeting it with munitions, meaning it could not harm Russian soldiers. Hmm. Let's look at these comments. This Israeli rat is full of nonsense. Israeli special forces were evacuated from Maripol and sent home in a UAE, via UAE, where Israel picked them up. Rat face doesn't keep the agreements with Russia and Syria, nor with anyone anywhere. Israel has a large Russian Jewish population, and the rat brain needs to be careful with because the money laundering into the new settlements will dry up. Israel arms going to Ukraine. Uh-oh, if there's a dime to be made, they'll grab at it. Um, yeah, man, I can't, I can't knock that. I can't, uh, no, I'm not going to say I can't knock that. I can't say that's a lie. I can't. Okay. Everybody's looking at Israel like, you know, they're innocent. No, no, the Israeli government is very far right, very racist. Um, they do a lot of sick, they, they do a lot of sick crap too. Okay due to being influenced by that Talmud. If you ever pick up the Talmud, 
you took a look into it, you will see a lot and you will understand why there's so many nations do not like Israel. They already arms you they already arm Ukraine through other countries like USA. That's another comment. Another comment here. They need the weapons to attack their neighbors, wreck their countries, and steal their land. And of course, Israel already give the most to Ukraine out of a nation out of any nation in the world. They give them the USMIC and if possible. American youth to die along with those weapons. Oh, and I almost forgot, they actually charged the U.S. taxpayer taxpayer to die for them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Israel government pretty much controls the U.S. government. Okay, I'll give you a little story time here. It's time for a story time. Gather around, folks. Gather around. I got a little story time for you. Okay. Years ago, there was an Israeli medic soldier, right? And um, he, he pretty much, you could tell, believed in the Talmud, okay? And he let a, pal a Palestinian boy, mind you, this is a medic, he let a little Palestinian boy bleed out, okay? I don't know if he was reprimanded for that. But the next stud he pulled, he decided to take a machine gun and go into each mosque and shoot up the mosque. Now, this one mosque he went to after he was finished shooting, he was in mid-shooting, mass shooting, the gun jammed, and the, 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 the Muslims that were there that, was, that were wounded, they were able to overpower him and they beat him to death. The Israeli government tried to keep that under wraps, but it was too late. It was, it was uh, exposed to the world. Till this day, that med Israeli medic is looked upon as a hero within the, uh, the Hasidic Jewish community within Israel. He's looked upon as a hero. This man went to mosque to mosque and he was killing Muslims. Okay. If it was the other way around, all hell would break loose. Enough said. Enough said. Okay. Moving on, moving on. All right. What's next? Okay. Now, we're going to talk about how Macron got schooled. Let's get into that one. One minute. It's right here. Yep, here we are. Fair use, by the way, fair use. Okay. visited a few African countries and one of those countries was Democratic Republic of Congo. He had a press conference with the president, President Felix, and they had a heated exchange. Let me show you this clip, we'll come back and discuss. Quand un ou une journaliste française pose une question, ça n'est pas le gouvernement de la France. 
Et c'est bien comme ça. Mais il ne faut pas tout confondre. Non, je... Parce que... Non, non, non. Mais ce n'est je... pas une position de la France. Je faisais, je faisais allusion... Parce qu'il n'y a pas de... Il n'y a, je... a, je... a plus. Il y en a eu. Je faisais allusion au propos de Le Drian. Lui, il est officiel français. Oui, mais... Le... President Macron, I was referring to Mr. Dillian, the French foreign minister. I was not referring to a journalist. C'est exact, messieurs compromis. Mais cette formule, président. President Felix said, not on my watch. You are not gonna lie on us when I am standing here and breathing. He stopped him when he tried to insinuate, if reporters are asking you the questions, it has nothing to do with the French government. Really? No. That's a blatant lie because your own ministers say those things. Your own ministers degrade African countries. Your own ministers make statements. So no, your ministers represent the French government. Hence, French government is accountable for the things that are being said. So he was rightfully called out. And if you have noticed, um, President Macron has really changed his tone and now he's all about partnership with African countries, no longer a dictatorship. We all know that's BS and I am happy to see African countries, African leaders calling him out. As you saw, the Democratic Republic of Congo leader stopped him when he tried to deny. Um, the Central African Republic leader also called out the Western governments just recently. So it's really wonderful to see our leaders finally standing up and speaking up because that is the right thing to do. We're all sovereign countries and no one should dictate any African country in the 21st century. And that's how it should be. Africa needs to stand up because these Europeans want nothing more than to just have you in chains, okay? They can't do it, you know, because there'll be backlash even try there would be backlash okay but africa has to stand up they have to and they have to also punish those traitors within white those traitors within your own group that will help white supremacy because that's how Basically, white supremacy has always been able to um, thrive is because they always had a traitor in the midst. Ever since slavery, that's, that's how it goes. That is how it goes. All right. All right. Now let's go with something else right here. Talk about this, uh, what else they're trying to do in Africa. All right. Because this right here is just, uh, like I said, they're trying to enslave Africa. They're really trying hard. And this is one of the ways they're trying to do it. Hold on one minute, one minute. 
Yes, yes, yes. Okay. All right. Hold on one minute. Okay, here we are. Here we are. Only people of opposite gender can marry one another. And that is the law of Kenya. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring the alphabet gang. They want to bring the alphabet gang in there, and they're going to try to bring other policies in there to try and control Africa. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to come in any way they can. They tried in the Kenya. They tried to do it with Obama. Obama was never a president that truly was to help black people. He was a pre, he was a puppet president. That's it. That's who he was. Clan with a tan. That is who Bar, uh, Barack Obama was. And the thing is with um, with Black America, they fell in love with the symbolism of Barack Obama. The symbolism, because he was black, but he never cared. Did he come from your kind? Did he come from your struggles? Because there are many different blacks in this world. Okay? And I'll even say with blacks who come from the Caribbean or come from Africa, and they come and they want to be uh, running for president or running, you have to be careful with them too, because they they worship white men. Okay? You think Barack Obama was bad? Sometimes when you sometimes when you get those blacks who are from other countries and they get into power in the US and they want to run for a political office, they can be worse because they will say anything. White man good. He give me money. Say what he want me to say, get money. Don't care if it puts it will one day I will be under the white man's foot. I'll just do that. I'm aware this thing is in all government offices. This thing is even in parliament. This thing is even in the media. This thing is percolating all over. But I want to tell the people imagining we can withdraw because I've been receiving threats mm. telling me Kaloma withdraw from that enterprise. Tell them to study my history with matters concerning the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We brought down the slave queens the other day. Mm. <laughs> Kaluma brought the marriage act, which has consolidated all marriage laws. Fair, mar fair use, by the way. Fair use. Fair use. Up to the time we brought the matrimonial property act, Kenya was relying on 1882 laws of England on matrimonial property. Mm. On family, there is no backpedaling. And don't call me to say I'll not go to your country. What do, what do we lack in Kenya? Yeah. You can cancel your visa. Yeah. I was a short while back in a foreign country. And you can imagine being approached by a fellow man asking me to go out and, 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 and mess with him, sleep with him. <laughs> and the guy has the audacity to tell me I look nicely round. <laughs> can imagine? What a level of perversion. So, so I'm telling our people that this is an enterprise which is going on. There is no reverse gear and it is going to succeed. On the day this bill is going to be tabled, 
it is going to be Kenya versus Sodom and Gomorrah the other side. Anybody who will rise to oppose will belong, and Kenyans will see them, to Sodom and Gomorrah immediately. And us Kenyans will fight very hard, and I know we are more than the people of Sodom and Gomorrah sent in this parliament. I know we will succeed. So I appreciate what is happening. The bill has been drafted. We are now waiting for parliament to move forward. But as we do that, we want to encourage our institutions to know that they exist for Kenya, not for foreign powers. Do you find it any coincidental that that determination by a majority of the bench members in the Supreme Court was handed down when uh, the first lady of the United States of America was yeah, arriving yeah. in Kenya. It's not a coincidence. Yeah. Is it coincidental that then you see her giving us some 16 billion for hunger? This hunger of ours, which um, you know, uh, makes people think our moralities can be bought. Uh, why don't we have measures to end it? And, and, and remember, imagine even if you are a child, the Supreme Court rightly says these things are criminal acts in Kenya. They're not just sins. But then the Supreme Court goes ahead and says that the association of these criminals still has to be registered. What are you talking about? What a contradiction. It's like telling uh, convicts, murder convicts, you can register murderers association. What will stop terrorists from approaching the NGO's board to say we also want to be registered? We will stop from saying we can now be registered. We are going back to that Supreme Court, and I'm encouraged by the position taken by the churches. Yeah. Because people think you cannot appeal to the Supreme Court, but you can go back for a relook, yeah. yes. review. Yeah. And I take courage in the fact that only three judges of the Supreme Court decided so. Yeah. Two dissented and two were not there. We are going back to that Supreme Court with the religious organizations, the yeah. churches, and everybody, yeah. and we are going to request the Supreme Court in their full bench of seven in number yes. to review that position. And if they don't, then I want to remind the Supreme Court and our court system to begin reading where they derive their power from. Yeah. The people. They are exercising the delegated power the of the people of Kenya, not some perverts or their external funders. We may not even end at disbanding that Supreme Court. But we can have a law because the Constitution also says nobody, no authority, including the Supreme Court, has the power to make any provision with the force of law other than this parliament. Yes. So if we don't succeed in that Supreme Court, there will be a provision in the bill we are going to propose that will deregister, if they would have been registered, any organization encouraging or promoting this vice. That is our position. We want the education sector to work around it. We want the law enforcement to do their work. And we want everybody to be on their lot, more so for their children. For truly, these are the future of our society. But this is a battle we must succeed on. And it's a battle that anybody pushing it down our throats will never win. If it is what will make Kenya poor, I don't think Uganda is any poorer, having passed it. I've read the Constitution, people are saying, ah, what right? What we are saying is that we will arrest you if you engage in this uh, criminal acts in Kenya. Correct. And when we take you to court, we will give you your right to fair hearing. Yeah, that's the right. So get your lawyer, we will give you your right to fair hearing. That is the right you have under the Constitution. Mm. 
If you mess up with your bodies, you hurt yourselves in those unnatural behavior. We will treat you subject to you are paying for it. We cannot treat you for free because you have a right to Medicare. But we need to protect our system so that the society really is sanctioned. I'm very happy with my church, the Catholic Church. And I'm very happy with the other religious organizations, including the Muslims, the Hindus. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that uh, the church is, uh, you know, voicing their moral position and their position as an institution in this church. I thank you very much. From where? So, all right, let's see what she got to say. All right, then before I... Okay. Now, you got to understand something here. Okay, this is a war. All right. And they trying to come for the kids. That's basically what it is. They want the children. All right. You hear that, man? Children are the future. I remember doing a story about a same sex couple in Georgia. They adopted two twin boys. They were later arrested for making child porn and abusing those boys, passing them around, prostituting them around. Boys got to be like at least three or four. Twin boys. And this, this type of stuff goes on. And they're trying to protect their, their nation. Just like Russia. Russia, you, you know, I, I think Russia is a little bit you know, a little bit more lenient, but the fact of the matter is, is that they're more like you can live your lifestyle, but that is not going to be the status quo in Russia. That's how it is in Russia. But in Africa, they will arrest you. They're not playing. Okay. They're there and they are making a stand because a lot of people ain't willing to talk about a lot of things that go on with that lifestyle. They're not willing to talk about the, the, the uh, diseases that come with it. But they want to force it down your throat. That's what they want to do. And other countries are saying they're not, they're not going to deal with that. They're not. And I applaud them for that. Because the U.S. is really, the U.S. government is really, really trying to find a way to get into Kenya and Uganda because they have resources. That's what it's all about, okay? And, you know, trying to make, uh, normalize that stuff in Africa. And they're paying a price, these countries that refuse to be bullied by the American government. All right? Listen to this one right here.
continent, which includes political, religious, and community leaders, often claim that homosexual practices are an important Western evil. So many cases are triggering heated debates around gay rights on the African continent, where homosexuality has become a decisive issue. So why is Africa such a difficult place for the LGBTQ plus community? Scholars say there are many reasons, which include colonial laws and religious morality. But is that the only reason? This week we spotlight on this sensitive societal topic that has been making headlines recently. In January this year, Edwin Chiloba, a 25-year-old Kenyan fashion designer and a model, was found dead by the side of a road outside the Rift Valley town of Eldoret in western Kenya. Immediately after Chiloba's death, rights activists demanded for speedy investigations. The activists suspected that it was a hate-instigated attack on LGBTQ plus people. The death created a buzz the world over until the suspects were apprehended and taken to court. Chiloba was an LGBTQ plus rights activist and his death has sparked a conversation that is considered taboo and highly sensitive. Fast forward to months later, a ruling by Kenya's Supreme Court allowing registration of LGBTQ associations was hailed as a step forward in gay rights. But homosexual relations are illegal in Kenya, and one lawmaker, after the court's verdict, began pushing a bill in Kenya's parliament to increase the maximum punishment for anyone found guilty to life in prison, in some cases even death. President William Ruto also voiced his concerns publicly. I want to tell you all that in Kenya we have traditions, we have cultures, we respect our constitution, all the religions. We cannot allow women to marry fellow women or men to do the same. This is not possible here in Kenya, so do not worry. It can happen elsewhere, but not in this country. And that's the thing. You can have it anywhere else you just can't have it here that's it they want to talk about freedom of rights free re free speech free rights freedom of choice good take it over there no they want to push it on you just like when it came with the jack phillips situation in the u.s same-sex couple come to this bakery they want a cake jack phillips says no i don't want to make you this cake there's another bakery you can probably go to, but I'm not going to do it. All right. All of a sudden, big lawsuit he had to deal with. He has to deal with a lawsuit. He has to deal with going to court. He has to deal with the fact of almost going broke. All because they couldn't take rejection. Okay. All because they couldn't do that. Same thing here. We're coming to with the United States or the European Western nations want to push this down their throat. Okay. Now I feel bad about this guy dying, but at the same time, you have to understand something here. First, they wanted the right to just, you know, marry. Then after that, they wanted the right to adopt kids. Then after that, they wanted the right to be called 
women. Then after that, pronouns came. Then after that, look at where we are now. The same thing will happen in Kenya and Uganda. And Uganda and Kenya are not living in some backwoods with no internet. They know what's going on. They have the internet. They see what's going on. And they refuse to let that happen in their country. That's it. That is it. And the Western nations trying to starve them out, try to make them poor. Look what they're doing. And people say America is a great country. Yes, it's a great country to live in. However, that is slowly being taken away. And we are slowly becoming a socialist dictatorship. Slowly we are coming to be that way. All right? That's what's happening. People just don't see it. The thing is, they're saying like, oh, you know, we're just, you know, we are just, uh, you know, we're persecuted, we're innocent. They See, that's how they act. And then when they get some power, then they, that's when you see the real demon come out of them. And then they start making laws that if you don't affirm this, that, you know, we'll take your kids away from you. We have a little closet, so if you want to have oppress your kids with what clothes you want them to wear, we have clothes that they want to wear. What's happening in the U.S. and these Western countries, they want to put it here in Uganda and Kenya and other countries. Okay? That's what they want to do. I think maybe it's a little harsh, but you know what? I understand. I understand. The guy wasn't bothering nobody. Okay, I don't think he should. I don't think this should have happened. I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not cool with this guy being murdered. He wasn't doing nothing. He shouldn't have murdered him. Okay, but let me tell you what goes on here in America. Got these transformer women going around saying they women to straight dudes. And when that straight dude finds out that's a transformer woman, they get deleted. I don't feel nothing for that. I don't. Because you know what you are and you ain't telling nobody. Give that person the freedom to choose who they want to if they want to be with you or not, by opening a, hey, this is who I am. You cool with it? All right? But no, they don't want to do that. They want to be accepted as women. This is what's going on in the West. And and like, again, they don't want to, they don't want to deal with that. They don't want their son going to jail for uh, 20, 30 years because another, because tra a transformer couldn't be open about who they were. Okay. Football player went through that same thing, and that was a lesson he should have been focusing on his career instead of focusing on uh, sex. Went through that situation. 
person lied and said it was a, that they're a woman when they're really a transformer and you know ended up paying the price plus the dude who was saying he was a woman but really a transformer was 40 the person was trying to groom an 18 year old i don't have i don't i don't feel any sympathy because what people are not talking about is the fact what's coming what's in these alphabet uh communities is the fact that they want the right to have sex with minors all that mess is in the alphabet community that they want to bring to other countries especially countries that are not down with that Members of the LGBTQ community are facing discrimination, hate, and violence because of who they are and who they love across Africa. In Kenya, much like the rest of Africa, gay sex is a criminal offense, and it is punishable by up to 14 years in jail. And it is not only discriminatory laws that are criminalizing LGBTQ individuals and putting a target on their backs across the continent. In Ghana, security forces raided and shut down the office of an LGBTQ rights group in the capital, Accra, after politicians and religious leaders called for its closure. They later advocated for an anti-gay law to be passed in Parliament last year. Many leaders and politicians in the continent often use the Western card to blame the prevalence of the practice in Africa. This is a very nuanced debate it's important that people do speak out internationally in support of marginalized communities within Africa. But at the same time, we need to do everything we can to support African LGBTQ plus campaigners so that they can counteract that narrative. Uganda went further with a new anti-homosexuality bill that was introduced in Parliament. It proposes new penalties for same-sex relations. The bill is being sent to the committee for scrutiny before it will be debated in the Parliament. But when you speak to the individual MPs, they will tell you that across the country there is an outcry of homosexual-related issues, recruitment, promotion in schools our children are being recruited into exactly this is what's going on you got the same thing going on in the u.s and you mad with these people are, are uh, having a iron a rule uh having a, a iron fist against this they're recruiting people in they they these people are trying to recruit children what did i just tell you what did I just they after the kids and they and they have pedophilia is one of the things that are they want to have legalized within the alphabet community. This is why other countries are so harsh on them. Because they're not trying to have that rule their nation. Unlike some places like, you know, Israel that have a that problem in Tel Aviv, but that's another story to this immoral act and uh, and there is a public concern 
But why is there so much dissent in the continent towards the LGBTQ communities? And what are the dangers or repercussions if governments push ahead with criminalizing gay sex or relationships? When LGBTQ plus people are... All right, moving on, moving on. Okay. I'm going to talk about uh, Mr. Kevin Trudeau right now. That's what we're going to talk about. Starting July 1st, each transformer employee receives a health benefit of up to 75000 for gender-affirming procedures such as sex reassignment surgeries. Hmm. The gender-affirming care includes sex change surgeries and hormone therapies to help individuals align their gender identity with their body and physical presentation. To access the 75,000 in gender affirming coverage, a person must have an approved gender affirming affirmation comp, uh, application form. Some Canadians went on to Twitter to let the government know the money could be used better to help Canadians. You can become a Western Center member for just $10 a month. Yeah, man. People are mad. Why is Africa, you, why is Uganda and other countries acting so harshly? Why, why, why are they like this? Why? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Here we are. Trudeau gives federal employees a 75,000 benefit for sex changes. Trudeau government is funding sex, sex change surgeries for federal public services who are transgender and Canadians have taken to Twitter to express their disapproval of the new health benefit. Starting July 1st, these transgender employees receive a health benefit of up to 75,000 for gender affirmation procedures such as sex reassignment surgeries. New benefit for a certain gender affirming procedures not covered by the provisional and territorial health plans to help people with their gender affirmation journey. To be considered for coverage, person must be age 18 or older under the care of a under the care of a physician or for gender affirmation, exhaust all available coverage offered by the province or territorial residents, have all procedures considered medically necessary by the attending physician nurse practitioner, 
obtain prior approval by completing a gender affirming affirmation application form to complete form to be completed by both the covered person and the attending physician nurse practitioner and submitted to the plan administrator for review the canadian the canada life assurance company which administers the public service health care plan will begin covering medical necessary interventions for people on gender affirming journeys not covered by their provincial health care plan the gender affirming care includes sex changes surgeries and hormone therapies to help individuals align their gender identity with their body and physical represent presentation the pshcp is not specific on what procedures will be covered for example some transformer activists view electrocysis liposuction and facial masculation and feminization surgery as necessary to access the 75,000 in gender affirming coverage a person must have an approved gender application affirmation application form be over 18 use all the provisional health care coverage available and a physician or nurse practitioner must do all the procedures some canadians went to twitter to let the government know the money could be spent better to help canadians daryl wark tweeted you have to be kidding right absolutely absurd it's unbelievable how this government can find ways to spend taxpayer money Gur tweeted yeah i'm sorry there shouldn't be even seventy-five thousand for anything like this miss pitbull tweeted government spending money on mutilating bodies what could go wrong s longhead tweeted i have nothing against people choosing their own path in life i do however feel the money could be better spent on life-saving medical conditions many people cannot afford their medications charles michael d rumberry tweeted so the government won't pay for physical therapy for my back injury hurt like hell but we'll pay for seventy-five thousand sex changes for people who don't accept their body now, pretty much pretty much this is this is the life we're living people and canada's canada and oh, canada and australia okay are both what the future of america will look like in a couple of years in addition with the fema camps the plastic coffins and the fema trains okay yep i said it the fema trains that's that's what's gonna happen like i said it's gonna be nazi germany all over again all right okay there was an article here this is going to be my final article that i'm going to read about where is it oh hold on one second uh yep here it is here it is all right where was i well this is action-packed full of stuff that people will like it's boring to you i'm sorry i can't be you know i can't be like uh everybody else you know putting videos of instagram models big booty chicks i can't do that every day all day no 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 world's falling apart and people want to worry about talking about a girl's body count no 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 u.s to spend 50 million on post-release services for migrant youths as part of the red carpet rollout for illegal immigrants 
the Biden administration is dedicating tens of millions of dollars to provide migrant youths with multitude of services once they are released from government shelters. This includes medical, educational, legal, and array of other services. American taxpayers will also fund detailed home studies by deploying in case managers to conduct intensive in-home engagements and virtual check-ins to ensure the safety and continued support for the young migrants and the families they have been released to. On its face, the program for migrant youth officially labeled Unoccupied Alien Children, UAC, by the government appears to be superior to the system that manages hundreds of thousands of U.S. children in similar situations such as foster care. Wait a minute. You're giving, you're donating $50 million to migrant youths, yet we got children being abused, raped, and dying in American foster care systems? That money could be used to fix the, the foster care systems, to cut the line of sex trafficking within the foster care system, especially in New York. But you're giving 50 million to, my, to migrants and their families, yet we have children, private and public educational institutions, small businesses, city and, gov city and county governments, tribal organizations, as well as nonprofits will receive government funding to assure UAC are well taken care of, the money will flow to the Department of Health and Human Services, which is charged with caring for illegal aliens under the age of 18. In a recent grant announcement, the agency's Office of Refugees Resettlement, ORR, reveals it will allocate 50 million and possibly up to 300 million to the home study and post-release services for unoccupied children. PRS providers will be charged with a scope of services that include three levels, virtually check-ins, case management services, and intense in-home engagements. The grant document states, ORR provides home studies in PRS nationwide and needs HRPRS providers to serve both high-end and remote locations and, sponsor, and where sponsors of unaccompanied children reside. The agency encourages providers located in or near geographic areas where UAC are commonly unified with sponsors to apply. HSS has spent a fortune to care for the onslaught of mostly Central American youths that have crossed the U.S. through the Mexican border. Typically, those under 18 are welcomed with open arms and hundreds of thousands have entered the country in the last few years. HSS spends billions of dollars annually to house, medically treat, entertain, and house UAC and agency funds and oversees dozens of state licensed care facilities to house the young migrants when they are in the U.S. As of January 27, 2023, there are approximately 7,565 UAC and HHS HS, and HHS care, according to the latest agency figures. In fiscal year 2021, ORR housed an unprecedented 122,731 UAC in fiscal year 2022, a record of 149,000 UAC were apprehended by federal agents. The overwhelming majority of UAC in US custody, approximately 70% are over 14 years of age and 66% are male. Nearly half, 47% came from Guatemala, 30% from Honduras, 13 from El Salvador and 8% from other countries. Since illegal immigrant minors are also are also almost always allowed to remain in the U.S. and are quickly dispersed 
to government-funded shelter upon arrival at the border. Security screening is dismal. <coughs> Let's not forget the high suicide rate for the U.S. Border Patrol, but that's another story. The flawed systems have allowed hardcore criminals and violent gang members to slip through. For instance, a teenage Salvadorian gang member recently arrested for the murder of a Maryland woman came to the U.S. as a UAC. Uh-oh, a few years ago, two UAC were charged with raping 14-year-old girl in the bathroom of Maryland Public High School. The illegal immigrants were both charged with first-degree rape and two counts of first-degree sexual offense. Both were in the ninth grade like their victim. One came from El Salvador and the other from Guatemala. A year earlier, the two UAC, both 17, from Central America executed a Massachusetts man by shooting him in the head shortly after being welcomed into the U.S. by the Obama administration. Both had ties to the notorious violent street gang Mara Salto MS-13. Authorities disclosed at the time the media described the violent gangbangers as babyface boys. Shortly after the first batch of UAC arrived, in mid-2014, Judicial's Watch reported that many had ties to the gang members in the U.S., specifically MS-13. Homeland Security, um, Homeland Security uh, sources directly involved with the border crisis told Judicial Watch that street gangs, including MS-13, went on a recruiting frenzy at U.S. shelters housing the migrant youth, and Red Cross phones were used to communicate. The MS-13 is a feared street gang, mostly in Central American legal immigrants, that had spread throughout the U.S. and is renowned for drug distribution, murder, rape, robbery, home invasions, kidnappings, vandalism, and other violent crimes. The Justice Department National Gang Intelligence Center, the NGIC, says criminal street gangs, street gangs like the MS-13 are responsible for the most violent crimes in the U.S. and are primarily distributors of illicit drugs. There you go, people. There you go. We have so many problems, so many kids dying, falling in the cracks in our um, health care system, foster care system. But our president decides to bring in illegal immigrants, not have proper vetting process, not take care of the U.S. Border Patrol guards, not do anything serious, have those borders open, only for one main reason, to have cheap labor and to bring in crime, okay, for a way to bring in some law and order, an excuse to break rules, to violate the rights of American citizens. Basically it. Oh, and to possibly try to get a second term. All right, hope you guys were informed. All right, like, share, comment, subscribe. Later.